Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. We are now in season five with over 2,000 videos that are viewed and heard around the world. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished professional from Maine, USA, Rebecca Fraser Hill. Rebecca, well, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. Rebecca is a certified career coach, speaker, and writer. She writes about parenting and purpose. So, Rebecca, before we start talking about coaching, tell me a little bit about your own journey in brief. Absolutely. So my brief journey is I started uh, my life in New Jersey in the USA and um, was in an area where there was a lot of money and very close to New York City, Mm -hmm. uh, some pressure, some achievement pressure um, Mm -hmm. in that area. And I was somebody who liked to check the boxes and achieve very well as Mm -hmm. much as I could, um, which led me to eventually be at Cornell University, one of our Mm -hmm. big, big colleges, you know, Ivy League. And um, that was for grad school. And Mm -hmm. when I was there, I had this moment of what am I doing all this for? Uh, The big, big why Mm -hmm. came in for me. And so I chose to leave before I got my doctorate after I got my master's and Mm -hmm. reconnect with my sense of purpose. And Mm -hmm. I did that unexpectedly through teaching at a college. I Mm -hmm. decided to teach there in Maine for a year and I ended up there for 18 years um, because I just loved being with students so much Mm -hmm. and talking about developmental psychology and exploring the question of purpose Mm -hmm. with them. Um, And that led to a career coaching business because I found that I just loved to talk to students about what they were going to do with their lives and how they were going to make meaning and purpose out of their lives. Mm -hmm. And I realized, Hey, I could do that full time um, as my entire job and leave the teaching behind. And so that's been my journey to date. Fascinating. Fascinating. And you know, when I was reading about you, uh, you state that now I help to expedite, clarify and empower others process to where I landed. Help me understand this and give me an example. Oh, great question. Absolutely. So for me, I've landed in a place where certainly achieving for my own sake matters deeply, Mm -hmm. but not achieving for others' approval. And Mm -hmm. that's been a long, hard, fun one battle here. You know, this has not been easy. And so I try to help others get to this point where they're able to say, what really matters to me? Mm -hmm. What does this look like? Um, I was talking to a client recently who was like, wow, it feels so strange when you realize that you can be content Hmm. with the many things that you have. And I said, that's, that's where I've landed. I've landed in a place where I have the biggest house. I don't have a lot of material possessions. I have wonderful relationships, Hmm. great experiences. I don't need to necessarily have the best title um, or salary. I feel very content with my life in a way that I didn't for a long time where mm. this this was about striving in a way that was very extrinsic um, about others' approval mm-hmm. versus it being about what does it feel like to be fully alive, mm. to feel like your life has tons of meaning and that you're being impactful in the ways that you want to be impactful. Yeah. So that's what I'm working on with my clients mm. is to move them closer and closer to a place where they're able to say, oh, this feels great. This is the life I wanted to construct. Mm. And I feel like I'm, I've got those relationships and I've got that impact. And those are the two key pillars for us to feel wonderful with our lives. Oh, wonderful. What a great response. And, you know, in, 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 uh, Hind, for, 
for Hindus or in, in Hinduism, this is also called the state of Nirvana. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Absolutely. It makes perfect sense. Absolutely. I, um, so, I need to study that more. Absolutely. So my, 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 my next few questions are about coaching. My first question on coaching is that how do you customize your approach to suit the needs of each individual client? Great question. I'm a big believer that coaching only works when it's about the person in front of you. Absolutely. And so I have been training um, in the the in, in International Coaching Federation's mm -hmm. standards, which are very client-centered. And it's mm -hmm. about questions guiding the journey mm -hmm. and not having an agenda as a coach. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, when you truly are listening to the person in front of you, mm -hmm. asking great questions that follow where they're going and making sure you're clear on what their agenda is, mm -hmm. then you're able to personalize it and customize it in a very big way. Mm. I do use a framework called design thinking to guide my whole coaching journey and my process. Mm. Um, but within that, there's lots of room to customize. What does it mm. look like for each person to figure out who they are and articulate that? What does it look for the person in front of me to do mm. the brainstorming process or mm. do some networking and reach out to people and explore paths? Mm. It's gonna look very different depending mm. on who's there. And if I use questions to guide me rather than using that advising model where I'm telling them, then it can be very, very personalized. And mm. um, the more I train in coaching, even though I've been doing this for 10 years, I'm on this ongoing professional development journey, mm -hmm. the better I get at personalizing it. So well it's been said. really fun to gain well some new said. skills around that. Mm, wonderful. And based on all the people you have worked with, what are some of the common career related issues or challenges uh, your clients face and how do you help them? Yeah, so really common is a lack of clarity. I don't know what I want to do with my career. I feel lost. And this is at all ages and stages, right? Correct. People often think, young 20 somethings might experience that. Well, sure, they some of them do, but so do 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 somethings. Um, mm -hmm. People are questioning, what am I doing with my work? And mm -hmm. even people who are in those retirement years where they're not working for income, they're mm -hmm. still doing work in the world mm -hmm. and they're questioning it. Mm -hmm. So that's the big one is mm -hmm. I'm feeling lost, confused. I've done these things. Where am I going next? Mm -hmm. um, the other big one that comes up a lot is what we call imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. which is that sense that you're just fooling everybody, that Absolutely. you're pulling the wool over everybody's faces saying, mm -hmm. oh, I'm I'm wonderful, but you're about to be found out to be a fraud. Mm -hmm. That comes up all the time in my right. practice as well. It's often related to some of the confusion too, mm -hmm. because there's some mm -hmm. of this, like, like me, they were doing a lot of um, achieving for the external appraisal mm -hmm. and they actually want something different inside. And that can create that disconnect right. where you start to feel like an imposter. Right. Um, so we have to work through all sorts of things around self-worth mm. as well that are tied up in our careers, um, mm. especially in America. We do a real good job of tying up our worth with our careers in a yep. not healthy way. Um, mm. So we have to untangle that in a big way. Well said. And, uh, you know, one of the things that happens in most coaching uh, relationships is goal setting. So my question is, how do you incorporate goal setting? And what strategies do you recommend for setting goals for careers? Great question. Absolutely. So 
goals look different, obviously, depending on the client. But one thing I always like to get super clear on is their desired timeline. It's one of the first questions I ask. So if they're trying to make a career change, Mm -hmm. it's like, what are you looking at for this? Where where are we trying to get you placed at what point in time? And then we consider how feasible it is. You know, if somebody says to me, oh, I want to be in a whole new career in four weeks, we've got to talk about mm. that. That's not going to be a possible goal, mm. but you're looking three, four, five, six months out. Mm. Absolutely. So, so timelines really key to goal setting. And then we get very specific about the milestones between here and the big change. Mm. So when it's a career change, We've got these different steps of articulating themselves, brainstorming, and then Mm. prototyping. So trying Mm. out different careers. And that leads into all the tactical networking and resumes and applications. Mm. And so we can say, you know, we're looking at within a month, we've got you well articulated. And Mm. then two weeks after that, have some brainstorm. So we can actually have a timeline that's broken down more minutely. Mm. And of course, it may change life happens to us. Sometimes we get ill, family things happen, and we adjust around that. But it Mm. gives us some sense if we're moving forward Mm. in an optimal timeline. And um, so between those two pieces, it's really key. The other third piece I'll say is that for goal setting, Mm. I like to really get clear on the why of it. Mm -hmm. Because again, we want to unhook from doing this for external reasons. And the Mm. more it's driven from the person inside of themselves, not Mm. to make their parents proud, not to uh, create some kind of reward that doesn't really matter to them. Mm. The more we recognize, okay, why are you doing this? Why does this matter to you? What is this Mm. about? Mm. The more they're motivated to do it. Mm. And then we can keep coming back to it in the hard times, which are inevitable when you're working towards a goal to say, remember, you were doing this because you really wanted to get physically healthy and the job you've been doing has been really depleting your physical health. Mm. And we have that moment of, oh yeah. And then you get the boost of motivation again. Well said, great response. My next question, Rebecca, is that, you know, when people are trying to advance in their careers, what are some common mistakes uh, they tend to make? Uh, And you would know a lot of this Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of um, mistakes that we make because we don't know any different when we're trying mm-hmm. to advance. Absolutely. The one I see that's most common, and at least mm-hmm. in my practice, certainly the sorts of people that I, I attract in my practice are mm-hmm. individuals who tend to be really hard workers, but also quite humble. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting combination when you're trying to advance because what the mistake they'll make is that they just keep doing the work mm. really hard, but they don't recognize that there's actually a, an aspect of being seen doing the work um, yeah, if you yeah. want to advance within an organization. Mm. So they'll be like, look, I'm doing all this amazing things, but other people are getting promoted. And then I talk to them about who are these other people? Mm. What are those people doing? Mm. And they'll say those people, you know, they're not even working as hard as me, but they have the coffee chats. They're Correct. sitting down with people. They're right. They're showing what they're doing. They're demonstrating it. And so working with my very humble clients, I have to get them to the point of say, saying, how do we do this in a way that feels right to you, mm. but is going to actually demonstrate, hey, I've been doing this work. I helped make this improvement happen. I helped create this percentage increase in whatever the productivity is or whatever the goal is and being able to have the right people see you doing that Mm. which feels uncomfortable to a lot of my clients but it's the key thing I find in um, the biggest mistake that people make in trying to advance and of course doing it the other the other mistake is the flip side where you're not actually doing the work to back up all the 
the mm-hmm. saying, hey, look, I'm wonderful. And so making sure it's grounded in the hard work tends mm-hmm. not to be an issue for my clients. They tend to be the ones who have just not been demonstrating all they've been doing to others. And they mm-hmm. think somebody will just eventually notice it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, people don't usually just notice it. Um, you have to bring it to the front. Absolutely. I call, you know, one common thing I've also heard from many people is let my work do the talking. And I often say your work can do the talking, but you got to talk about yourself as well. Exactly. It's an and, isn't it? It's Absolutely. an and. It can't be an either or. You can't just be doing the talking and not be doing Absolutely. the work. That's Absolutely. not going to work. Correct. And you can't just be doing the work and not doing the talking because Correct. it's nobody's going to see it. So it has to be an and. Hmm. You know, I used to have an American boss who used to tell me, if you don't blow your own trumpet, nobody's going to blow it for you. And I, in one of my books, I wrote that I learned the sequel to that, which was, if you don't blow your own trumpet, nobody will blow it for you. But don't blow your trumpet so hard that it starts to hurt people's ears. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's exactly it. Isn't it? Yep. Finding that sweet spot is really hard, Absolutely. isn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> So my next question, Rebecca, is that people talk a lot about networking. How important is networking for career advancement? Oh, it is super important, Mm -hmm. but um, not in a transactional way. So many people think of networking as something a little bit slimy. It's like you're using people. And I certainly some people do it that way, but it's Mm -hmm. not very successful when you do it that way. It's Mm short-lived. It might have a little bit of an impact quickly. Uh, But then it's going to come back and get you in the end that Mm. you were doing this in a very transactional way. Mm. So true networking is about building relationships. Mm. And what's better than that? We know that the number one pillar for meaning is relationships. Mm. So if we want to feel meaning in our lives, build a bunch of really strong relationships and we're going to feel great. Mm. And so for me, I believe that networking is an opportunity to build those relationships and really get to know people, understand Mm -hmm. what their wants and needs are and the ways you can support them in those. And inevitably that comes back around to you in a variety of ways. And if it doesn't, that's not really the point anyway. So the more we can take a relational stance to networking, Mm -hmm. the more you've got a whole bunch of people who are on your side, who recognize that you've done things for them and supported them and more times than not, they're really willing to support you as well. It's mm. I've seen this in my own practice um, and been very humbled by the fact that when I went out full time two years ago, left teaching and decided I'm going to do this career coaching all the time, mm. be my sole income, support my family of four. It was mm. a really big leap um, to do, especially during the pandemic. Yeah. And my network just really rallied around me. All I had to do was say, I'm going full time and referrals started pouring in. And most of my business is referral based. Wow. 85 to 90% mm-hmm. comes through referrals for former clients, but also a lot of people I've worked with, former students, spouses and family right. members and right. um, former colleagues, family members. And it just ripples out and out and out. And it's really humbled me to watch okay. that in action. Amazing, amazing. Uh, My next question is, how important is the role of our mindset when it comes to comes to career success? 
Oh, it's probably the foundational piece. Honestly, mm. mindset is everything. Mm. I've had so many clients who come in and start off with a very like practical, tactical approach. I, mm. I need to get a new job or I need to get a new career. Now just tell me about the resume. And I'm like, back up. I can't do anything about your resume until we really understand what's going on here. Totally. And usually what's really going on here is mindset challenges that we need to work through. Um, and clients often say to me, I had no idea there was so much mm. tied into career work. Correct. Yeah, there's a ton there. And of course, there's many different mindsets that we see come up that can be challenging. Uh, a big one is the fixed mindset um, that I'm sure you know well, which is that that mindset where we're thinking in terms of I either have something or I don't right. versus that growth mindset that I can build this. Mm. So I have a lot of clients who will come in and have already decided they can't pursue a certain career path because they are not good enough at and fill in the blank. It's usually a technical skill. It's usually mm. something math, science, technical. Mm. Um, I've never been good at that. And then I'm like, well, what if we added a yet? I'm not good at that enough yet. What would it look like to get better if you really mm. enjoy that? Mm. So like I had one client um, who wanted to go into data science. And in the very first session, he said, no, I'm not smart enough mm. to be a data scientist. Mm. Um, fast forward six years, and that's his full-time job title now. It was hard, hard one. He had to work really hard to get it ha to happen. But mm. the first thing that had to happen was his fixed mindset had to change into a growth mindset mm. such that he recognized, oh, I could get better at this, mm. right? Yes, no, I don't have the skills Correct. at present. Yeah. But smart isn't a you have it or you don't. It's mm. am I practicing? And so he practiced every weekend mm. on data science and, and built that skill set. Um, and many of my clients make that shift and then make the behavior change that Amazing. follows. Amazing. Thank you. The next two questions are about you. Um, and my question is, how has your own background, you know, you said, psychologist, teaching for 18 years. How has your background supported your coaching philosophy, your style and your values? Oh, in so many ways. Um, I feel really grateful that I ended up studying developmental psychology. Mm -hmm. I wasn't entirely sure why I was doing that. Like mm -hmm. many people, you come out of college and you're like, yeah. well, sure, let's go there. Um, but it is exactly the perfect fit for me mm. and my style and my thinking, because developmental psychology is all about understanding the many ways that we change right. over the lifespan and how mm. our context and environment impact those changes. Mm. And that's really what I think about all the time, all day, every day, in every way, whether it's about my work or it's raising my own family, yeah. it is constantly leaning back on this. And so my approach is all about the individual in front of me has something that they are looking to express in this world. Mm -hmm. I believe that deeply. I believe that if we can peel off all these layers of expectations and these ideas around what they're supposed to be doing, they'll start to be able to actually express what they mm -hmm. need to be expressing in this mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. And so that's a very developmental approach, Absolutely. right? It's yeah. like, let's meet the person where they are and let them become that. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's just nothing. It gives me the shivers even just to say it because okay. there's nothing better than when I have a client in front of me who's willing to lean into that and mm. start to be like, who am I? What would this look like? Sure. And that's all about development. That's nice. all about my understanding of mm. who we are as humans and the many ways we can 
self-actualize, move to that version of ourselves. That's the very best version, which I believe is the most impactful version mm -hmm. and going to make the most change in the world. Well said. Uh, my next question is that, uh, Rebecca, all of us uh, over our lives are influenced by different people. So my question is, how have you been shaped by people in your life and how are they influencing you as a coach? Oh, yeah, it's all about relationships, right? So, so many people have and continue to influence me. And I'm meeting new people all the time who continue right. to have new influences on me, which is really fun. Um, mm. As the developmentalist, I'm like, it doesn't right. stop, right? It doesn't end. But of course, my early influences were my parents. Um, mm. And thankfully, they are still alive. And actually, are both still working in the late 70s yes. um, because they are people who have found work that they really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And so they haven't retired. Um, they just cool. keep going. And so that's been an influence on me is watching them with their own work and how they've um, explored their way through it. My dad in a very linear way, like straight out of um, high school, actually just had mm -hmm. a full-time job and has been in the tech world um, for the whole time, but wow. has experienced layoffs and mm. watching him bounce back has made me think about way back. I would think about, oh, how do people mm. handle that mm. moment? Mm. And look at what it does to their sense of identity. I remember watching my dad and thinking about these things mm. that now affect my coaching and him talking about how he worked through it. Um, and they're both very grounded people mm. who believe deeply in um, making the most of the life you have. Mm -hmm. They lived in their same house their whole life. It's not mm -hmm. a big flashy house. They just bought it and stayed in it and they've built a beautiful life right where they are. Um, and I that has very much affected me. The other major influence is uh, my husband, who I met at the age of 15. Mm -hmm. So he's been with me for a long time <laughs> in the, the since yeah. high school. And um, he's someone who really just always brings me back to center. Mm -hmm. And I, I have to say a lot of my coaching approach and philosophy has come mm -hmm. from me being around him because he's mm -hmm. somebody who's always from the moment I met him, knew who he was and was willing to just be his truest self. And part of that's that um, he has dyslexia. So yeah. when I met him in high school, he had a learning disorder mm -hmm. and he had had to navigate a school system that was very competitive, very mm -hmm. achievement focused mm -hmm. with this impediment. Um, and from that, he gained the sense of self that I didn't have mm -hmm. because I was leaning on all my good grades and my Correct. accolades to be able mm -hmm. to say, hey, yeah. that's who I am. Yeah. But when you strip all that off, who are you really? And my husband, Brian, knew that. Um, he had a, you know, a really hard road to figure that out. But mm -hmm. by the time I met him at 15, he already knew. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what's that look like? How do I get there? <laughs> and I feel like that's been my journey over the last 30 Fabulous. years or so um, is figuring that out. <laughs> Fabulous. Thank you for sharing this with me. I have time for one more question. And I know that you do a lot of writing on the subject of parenting and purpose. Tell me a little bit about the kind of uh, stuff that you're writing. Yeah, great question. So the parenting, I don't do as much now as I used to, but I've done a lot over time on parenting, um, mm -hmm. leaning on my developmental psychology background. Mm -hmm. And I'm a big believer that there's so much in the field of psychology that isn't accessible to the public. Mm -hmm. That's something that was driving me even in college. I kept saying, why do I get to learn this in college? And mm. others aren't getting to hear that. Mm. There's been a big shift, thankfully, over the time since I was in college, where there's been more dissemination of psych information and positive mm. psychology as a movement has really changed the way people are using mm. research. 
So that's been wonderful to see. But the parenting work is really about helping people know what we know in the literature and then make it their own because parenting is a journey where you are Mm. have the unique person in front of you and there is no one way to do it that's for sure um so we have research to lean on but i'm a big believer in like figure out your your own child and each one's different so that's the parenting and then the purpose writing i um, really love writing for forbes all about meaningful work Mm -hmm. and purpose and the ways it plays out both in practical ways and in ways that are more um, like the philosophical. So I was able to dive into a lot on the more philosophical side during the pandemic. Like, what does it mean to have purpose when we all were stuck at home every day, all day? So what's it look like to create purpose in the moment? And then more recently, I've been able to dive into like the imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. And one of my most popular articles is about what does it mean when you come back from vacation Mm -hmm. and you don't want to return to work? (laughs) Does that mean you hate your job? What does that mean? Mm -hmm. And so questions like that, that are really questions of purpose at Mm -hmm. their core. Fantastic. So I want to ask you one more question, and this is for the thousands of people who will listen to our conversation. Based on your own amazing journey, what would you say are three lessons relating to careers that you would want our viewers and listeners to take away? Oh, yeah. Wow. Three is hard, right? Um, I would say one big one is yeah. be sure to get to know who you are mm. and what you truly want. So mm. get to that that core level. That yeah. It's not about pleasing others, um, getting the accolades. Because you're going to be most impactful in that way. Correct. And then a second one is around that impact question. Mm. It really is a question of understanding what makes you feel like you're coming alive Mm. so that you are going to do the most good in this world, Mm. whatever that means. And it's probably going to, in some way, relate to relationships. Um, And we keep coming back to that word relationships. So I think that's a big piece. When you're Mm. thinking about impact, I often am nudging people to be like, it's not about us alone. It's always got to be beyond ourselves. And that's mm. usually got relationships involved. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and this third piece would be about really making the most of what we have in the mm. here and now. Um, nice. There's, there's always struggle and challenge and so many varieties of what we have in the here and now. Mm. And there's opportunity within it too. And the happiest people I see are not the people who have a lot of material possessions, but are the people who recognize what they do have. Um, And so that's that mindset shift. That's probably the most fundamental of them all. Correct. Well said. And on that note, Rebecca and your three wonderful lessons, get to know who you are and what you want. Second, you said, understand what makes you feel you can come alive and do good. And the third one, you said, which is so, so powerful and important, make the most of what we have or or what you have. Thank you so much for speaking to me about your own amazing journey. Thank you for talking to me about so many different aspects of coaching. Uh, Thank you also for speaking to me about parenting and purpose. Thank you again and good luck. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. 
just search for the brand called you